Well, Joyce Meyer said this. Uh, Joyce Meyer said, don't just pray for God to open doors. Pray for God to close doors in your life that need to be closed. How many of you know sometimes there's some doors in our life that need to be closed because what's coming through that door is trying to hinder us from what God wants to do in our life? I love what Pastor Richie was sharing a little bit earlier about we're so thankful about where we've been, but God's taken us to some new places. And sometimes we got to shut some doors on some good things in our life. Come on, church. We got to shut the door on some good things in our life so we can get to the great things that God has placed in our heart to do. Come on, that's a good word this morning, church. Hey, and I want to share with you real quick that there's a couple of scriptures I want to share with you really quick. Uh, and I just want to give you, uh, we're going to talk just real briefly this morning about spiritual warfare because we are in a battle. There's an enemy that doesn't want you to go where God's called you to go. And there's a God who's already made a way for you to get there. And I want to share with you the two, the two different perspectives. In fact, John eight thirty six says this. So if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is what? There's liberty, right. The Amplified Bible explains it this way. There's emancipation from bondage and true freedom. Do you know that Jesus' desire for you is to walk in freedom? Jesus paid the price for all of us to be free. However, there's a lot of people that are bound up by stuff in their life. You know, Jesus came to set us free, but do you know that addictions and depression cause more medical problems than cancer? Today, 21 million people are addicted to something. 40 million people face depression, and 1.7 million face cancer. Do you know that freedom lies in doing what Jesus said and lining up your actions and your words with what he said? Come on, the Bible says that Jesus came to give you life and to have it more abundant. Do you realize that in the life of Lazarus, a lot of us see ourselves in him? Say, what do you mean, Pastor Mark? Well, Lazarus was a popular guy. He had great family. He had great friends. He was very well loved. There's only one problem. He was dead. How many of you know that's a problem? You can have the greatest reputation around, but if you're dead, what good is it? And so Jesus showed up on the scene of his friend, and he called him out of there. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And when Lazarus came out of the tomb, listen to me, church, even though he had been raised from the dead, he was bound up by something he couldn't get free from. And so Jesus sent some friends in there to unbind him. And then Lazarus began to walk in freedom. Church, I'm telling you, that's a picture of the stages of our life. Jesus gave his life so that we could be free and so that when we put our faith in him, we have been forgiven of everything from our past. However, sometimes we open some doors in our life that allow some ungodly soul ties to come in and attach themselves to us and bind us up, and we're walking around a bit like Lazarus. But God doesn't want you to walk bound up. He wants you to walk free. Well, how do we do that? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. You see, there's another scripture in John 10 that says this. John 10, 10 says, the thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. But my purpose, talking about Jesus, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, listen to me. How many of you in your lives have ever prayed, oh God, in my life, I want to be bound up this week. God, I want to go through depression." 
I want to get to the bottom of the barrel. God, I want to be so addicted I can't even get out of bed in the morning. None of us ever pray that. But sometimes we find ourselves in those places where it seems like we're in this point of depression and the stuff is overtaking us and we don't know how to get out. And sometimes we begin to look at God and say, God, why did you put this in my life? Can I just tell you, give you a good barometer of how to know whether it's God or the devil? Can you just raise up one finger and do this? Say, God good. Put the second one up. Devil bad. God good. Devil bad. If there are some bad things coming into your life, it didn't come from God. But God can turn those bad things into something good. Hey, listen, I'm so glad you're at church today. We're going to be talking about the difference of life and death. Sometimes there are strongholds that come into our life, and a stronghold is a place of strength, a place that is inherently strong behind strong defenders, behind fortified walls. Do you know that the devil strategizes against you? And sometimes we open doors in our life to allow the devil to come into our life, and he wants to steal our liberty. In fact, this morning, I just want to, our good friend, Pastor Bob, gave me this door. And sometimes when we picture a door, we picture the frame right here. And it's a door that we open or close and we walk in or out. And Pastor Bob was was telling us, and he was teaching us this, that there's actually a double-sided frame spiritually on the door. And when we have this door closed to the influences of the devil, it is totally open to what God wants to do in our life. But when we begin to open the door to the things of the enemy, it begins to close down the influences that God wants to do in our life. Does that mean that God is changing anything? No. That means that we're allowing some ungodly soul ties to come into our life. And can I ask you a question? Is there anything that you've opened the door in your life that you begin to realize it's making you feel a little bound? Well, if you're here today and you've done that, I want you to know it's not hopeless. Because there is hope. Because we're here to spread the love and what? Hope of Jesus Christ. And the thing that you have to understand is that spiritually, you're in a battle. You don't just wake up and just kind of walk through life. You're in a battle, whether you realize it or not. Some people go, I don't believe that I'm in a battle. Hey, listen, whether you believe it or not, you're in one. C.S. Lewis put it this way, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. And you know that Satan's a punk. Can I just say that Satan's a punk? And he's not very creative because he gave his strategy away in Genesis. You know, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Chapter 3, he gives away his plan. And this plan that he gave away in chapter 3 of Genesis is the same plan that he's using today. But so many times we don't recognize it. And I want, you to, I want to walk you through two strategies of the devil. And then I want to walk you through how to defeat the devil in your life today. So if you're taking notes, we're talking about two strategies the devil uses in your life. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write it down. It says, the devil questions God's word. The devil questions God's word. Genesis 3, 1, uh, the second part of that verse says, one day he, talking about the devil or the serpent, asked the woman, did God really say that you must, must not eat of any of the trees in the garden? 
You see, the devil's first attack was not an attack against Eve. It was an attack against the Word of God. He could have had a thousand strategies to try to take Eve down in the Garden of Eden. Right? Like he could have said, or said things like this. You know, Adam, he doesn't really love you. I mean, he could have said that. He could have come to Eve and said, you know, Adam is so tired of talking about your feelings. I mean, he could have come to Eve and he could have said, you know, Adam liked the Garden of Eden way better before you were here. I mean, he could have, he could have looked at her and said, hey, Adam wants his rib back. <laughs> he could have used any of those strategies, but he didn't. He attacked the word of God. You see, Genesis 2, God said, you may freely, somebody say freely. God created the Garden of Eden, put them in there, and he said, you may eat freely of every tree. You may eat freely the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's one. If you eat its fruit, you're going to die. And in, in verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 2, when, when the devil has said, did God really say that you can't eat from any of the trees? You see, God says, I'm providing all this, but I'm going to put some barriers here to protect you. So there's only one tree in the middle of this incredible garden. So the devil comes in, and he starts attacking the word of God. Did God really say not to eat of any of the trees? I mean, seriously, what are you going to do? You can't eat from any of the No, no, no. And, and, and uh, Eve went back and said, of course, in Genesis chapter 3, of course we may eat from the trees of the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. And I want, I want you to understand how subtle this is. Because God said, you may eat freely. And Eve said, we may eat of the trees. Except this one. She left out the word freely. You see, what began to happen was that the devil began to question the word of God. Did God really say? And when he did that, and she allowed that to begin to come into her life, she began to question the goodness of God. Well, God said she could eat freely. Well, God said we could eat everything but that one. And I think in her mind, she began to wonder, what's God holding out on us? Why is it that I can't eat from that tree? See, when he attacked his word, uh, when the devil attacked God's word, the de uh, uh, Eve began to question the goodness of God. Have you ever been there before? You began to question the goodness of God? You know, several years ago, Becky's oldest brother, Jack, some of you know the story. He was arrested for a crime he didn't commit. He was convicted of a crime he didn't commit, and he was sentenced to serve four life sentences to be served back to back. The judge looked at him, and he said, you're going to die in prison. And I'm telling you, our world fell apart because he was sentenced in a supermax prison. That time, there were 23 hours a day that they were locked down. And now in that particular prison, the uh, showers come by on a track and you step in, you got 20 minutes to take a shower back out and it goes to the next cell. And so we begin to believe, we begin to bind the devil, we begin to pray and ask God. But year after year, every, after every Christmas came by, Jack was still in prison. And I'm telling you, there were moments in that time when we began to question the goodness of God. When we began to look around and say, God, where are you? Where are you in this situation? 
There were many times that I doubted God's goodness. I doubted his timing. I doubted that the truth would come out. But church, can I tell you, in the end, we were able to see God do something in the state of Nevada that had not happened in the history of Nevada. Do you realize, to the best of my knowledge at that time, no case, no person had ever been released post-conviction until Becky's brother Jack. And when the odds were stacked against him, God says, I've got a greater plan. And his plan wasn't just to put him into prison to set him free. His plan was that in the midst of one of the craziest situations in life that he would bring him freedom. You see, three years into that prison, Jack committed his life to Jesus. And he was forgiven of everything. And for the next five years, he was discipled to the point that he was ready to get out and live in victory. Church, I didn't see at the beginning what God was already working on for the end. So when the devil comes to you and begins to question the word of God, what do you do? Well, we're going to talk about that in a moment. The second way that the devil, uh, another devil uh, strategy the devil uses is that he, listen to me church, he twists the word of God. Genesis chapter 3, he's talking again. You know how to tell if the devil is lying? If his lips are moving. If his lips are moving. He's lying. But the way he lies, he makes it sound like truth. He puts enough truth in there to make it sound like truth so that we begin to question the goodness of God. Listen to what it says in Genesis 3. You will not certainly die. Seriously, you're going to take a bite of an apple and you're going to die? You're going to fall dead? How ludicrous is that? The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, listen to this, this is crazy. He says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Let me ask you something. In whose image was Eve created in? The image of God. See how the devil's twisting that? If you just eat this, you're going to be like God. Church, she was already like God. And can I tell you, the devil has been beating some of you up saying, if you'll just do this. You're going to be like, the reason God doesn't want you to do that is because he knows that you're going to be like, can I just tell you, if your faith is in Jesus, you're already like God because you've been created in the image of God. Wow. Here's the devil's tactics. Smoke it, pop it, watch it, touch it. Because if you smoke it, pop it, watch it, touch it. You're going to know what God knows because he's holding out the good stuff for you. I so appreciated what the, the uh, message series that we went through, storms and the fences that Pastor Richie was talking about, that there are fences in our life to protect us from the, the effects of smoking it, popping it, touching it, and watching it. Because there's some things, church, that we begin to open the door in our life to begin to become an ungodly soul tie, which means that if you smoke a pop it, watch it, touch it. Does that mean I'm not like God? No, that doesn't mean that at all, but it does mean you're probably walking under guilt, condemnation, and fear, and God never intended you to walk in that. That's why he said, don't open that door. In fact, he would look at you and he would say, shut the front door. <laughs> you know, the, uh, we're in a battle, and I can just tell you, I'm not the uh, strongest dude around, not the most trained. I'm not like ninja guy, but I can just tell you, somebody breaks in my house, 
They're coming after my kids. I'm going to transform into Chuck Norris. <laughs> Beelzebub. And every professional wrestler you could ever think of. And I will take them down. Because they're trying to take something out of my life. Something that I love. And so many of us would say, I would fight that foe to the very end. But so many times spiritually... When the devil comes in to begin to take some, come on church, when the devil comes in to begin to take some stuff that we know that God's already said is yours, he laid it out as a promise. So many times we just sit back and go, oh my God is taking this from me. I can tell you, I ain't laying in bed going, oh, why is this thief taking this from me? I'm not certainly punching Becky going, Becky, you need to go answer that. <laughs> I'm going to get myself up. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to take care of business because he's up in my house. And when I throw him out, shut that door, stay out of there, and you go get some more of this. I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm not letting the devil take my kids and my wife or my family or my church or my pastors or my friends. I'm not going to step back. I'm going to do something about it. So when we're under attack, what do we do? What do we do, church? <clears throat> the last thing I want to share with you today is this. Um, I've been pray praying with the... Lord, I need to run some more. I need to pray with them. Give me a minute. I've been praying with him. I'm so sorry. God bless Pastor Richie. No wonder he's working out all the time. Jeez, it's hard. I've been praying with Pastor Dale Gentry in the morning and Pastor Bob. And we've been putting on the full armor of God. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel, shield of faith. Do you realize that all of those are defensive things? But he said there's one thing that's a... An offensive thing. You see, the best defense is for us to use an offensive weapon. The best defense is for us to use an offensive weapon. Now, if I'm standing up on stage and there's some fool up here trying to get up on the stage, I'm going to take care of business. The problem is, the problem is this is not a fair fight. Because they're going to kill me and they're going to go to jail. <laughs> so the odds are slightly stacked in their favor. So if I'm going to win this fight with these thugs, <laughs> I better pick up something that's going to put the odds in my favor. <laughs> See, when I got the sword... There's some things that are going to flee, some things that are going to leave this stage, some things that are going to go back through that curtain and sit down. Because I've got a sword. And I could try to battle those guys without a sword and probably get my tail kicked, or I could pick up the sword and I could win the battle. He said, Pastor Martin lost his mind. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6 says this. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Yeah. 
For the word of God in Hebrews is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Church, can I tell you, you're in a battle, and if you try to fight the battle on your own, you may get your tail kicked. But God has provided a way for you to go on the offensive, that you can take some ground back that the enemy has stolen from you, that you can defend your house. You can defend your family. You can defend your friends. Let me tell you how this works out. It's patterned right after Jesus. You see, the devil came to Jesus, and he tempted Jesus, and he said, Listen, I know you're hungry, Jesus. Turn those rocks into bread. And Jesus wasn't over there going, Oh, man, I really am hungry. God's holding out on me. He picked up the sword and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil came back and the devil said, throw yourself down. Angels, they're going to catch you. Just true. That could happen. Jesus picked up the sword. He said, it is written, do not Put the Lord your God to test. Whew. He swung it again. The third time he tempted him, he said, the devil said, bow down. Worship me. I'll give you the splendors of everything. And Jesus picked up the sword. He said, it is written, worship God and serve him only. Whew. You know the same things he does? He did in Jesus' life. He's going to do in your life. And the same thing that Jesus did, you can do. The same victory that Jesus walked in that day is the same victory, church, you can walk in today. Anybody ever been discouraged? Sometimes we get discouraged and we start thinking about our circumstances. We start talking about our circumstances and we leave our sword over there. But when we get into a season that we're discouraged, church, pick up your sword and you say the word of God. Why am I so downcast, oh my soul? I put my hope in God. The devil's going to come at you and say, I'm going to attack your family and I'm going to take them down. You pick up the sword and say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Come on, is this speaking to somebody today? Anybody? I don't know if I can make it another day. Man, look at everything that's going on. I've served God. Everything's falling apart. I don't know if I can make it. No, no, you pick up the word. I will not grow weary in doing good because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The diagnosis, it's not good. You're going to die. I believe with all of my heart that all things are possible with God. And by his stripes, I'm healed. Man, you know what you did last night? Guilt, condemnation, doubt, fear, and unbelief come into your life. There is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Jesus! relationship trouble my marriage is going to fall apart I don't know what happened to my spouse they were awesome when I married them just saying 
Pick up the word of God. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It does not boast. Woo! Church, can I tell you two things today? Shut the front door on the devil. And when he attacks you, pick up the sword of the spirit, the word of God. One last thing I want to share with you before I land this plane. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. Some of you have been living too long under the baggage of that sin you committed in the past. Church, can I tell you, that's not who you are. You're a son and you're a daughter of the Most High God. The devil, when the devil talks to you about God, he lies. When he talks to you about you, he accuses. Church, I want to tell you, the devil is a deceiver that attacks your mind with lies. He attacks your heart with accusations. And he's a destroyer who attacks your will with your pride. Feels a little bit overwhelming at that point, doesn't it? I don't know. He's the devil. I'm just Mark. I don't know that I can make it through this thing. Church, I want to remind you of this. Greater is the one that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't give the devil an open door. Shut the front door. Come on, somebody. Shut that door today. Shut that door to his accusations. Shut that door to his influence. Pick up your sword and you go into battle and you take him down, church. He's not going to mess with you in the rest of 2018. Where Pastor Richie, Pastor Pam, they're going to take us. You're going to need your sword to get there because we're going to link arms and we're going to go forward and together and we're going to be see people saved, healed, delivered, marriages set free, people coming out of bondage, people going to be coming up in this place dead as Lazarus, walking out alive in Christ, bound up, walking out free.